All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. You got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient, it's safe, it's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. A little bit later than I'd planned, but uh, I'll be honest with you, I was a little curious to see if uh, Ali Matharu would uh, would get the uh, SEC Freshman of the Week award, and she did. What a week she had. I mean, it should there shouldn't be a surprise, but... Uh, 
Mathara is becoming a household name in the state of Mississippi. And if you look at social media, if you look at these Facebook groups, if you look at the message board comments, everybody that follows Mississippi State women's basketball, they want more. More Matharu. I don't know that Ole Miss wants any more of her. And I tell you what, what a big game yesterday. We're going to break all that down. It's a very difficult weekend for Mississippi State out in um, Long Beach. Was hopeful we would win that series. We did not. We did have a good Saturday game. Thought the bats had awoken. And then uh, Sunday, off to a good start. Couldn't capitalize on it. We'll talk about the things that went wrong and what needs to happen moving forward. Is it time to panic? I say no. Mississippi State men's basketball picked up a big win over Missouri. And that's, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Of the final three, that's the game that worried me the most. From an effort and an intensity standpoint, I thought, you know what, we might go up there and maybe overlook them because, you know, South Carolina is a team that's kind of right there in the thick of things. We know the kind of game that we're going to get when we play the Gamecocks. And so if we get caught looking ahead to, to what will be another war with South Carolina, it would be understandable. We know what to bring when South Carolina is on the court. We understand. You also have revenge on your mind with Ole Miss coming to town this weekend. And so I thought, you know, Missouri might be a bit of a trap game. Ben Howland and his crew took care of business. Wasn't always easy, but they won the game. And any road win in this league is huge. We'll talk about where that puts Mississippi State in the NCAA tournament picture, what the Bulldogs need to do to improve their standing, and what to expect moving forward. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company. I was there just a few days ago. Love going in there. Great food, great atmosphere, great people, great prices. Love it. Passed by the new uh, location there on Gloucester Street, Tupelo, too. Man, what a great building. Man, I tell you what, it really and absolutely packed. Absolutely packed. It's great to see the fine folks in Tupelo embracing the goodness that is Bulldog Burger Company. You should get on board, too. So many great options to choose from, and it's so great. People now kind of see me as a spring rolls guy. I am more than happy to take that moniker. Very, very happy to be a spring rolls guy. You should be, too. It makes all of us better looking. We could all use more of that. Bulldog Burger Company, two locations now to serve you here on University Drive, right here at the original in Stark, Vegas. New location, again, right there on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. And, man, I tell you what. That place is growing like gangbusters. Go by there and you'll see for yourself. Bulldog Burger Company, so many great options to choose from. Go by, try the Bulldog Burger Company nachos. That's the new thing. The kids love it. The Jubilation Brownie, they're loving that too. Go by and have those. T treat yourself today to Bulldog Burger Company. The place in Starkville and now Tupelo where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, so let's get into, uh, let's talk women's basketball, shall we? The regular season's now over. The ladies will be uh, leaving for Greenville, South Carolina tomorrow. I guess maybe a little bit later in the week. The tournament starts on Wednesday. Big, big win because it's the 13th in a row. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's always good to beat on Miss in any sport, but the way that State has dominated this series, you hate to call it a rivalry because it's not a rivalry. It's kind of like Mississippi State calling Alabama their football rival. You know, we don't ever win. It's not much of a rivalry. States dominated this series with Ole Miss dating back to 2014. I believe January 23rd, 2014, the last time Lady Bulldogs lost to Ole Miss, and that was an overtime game in Oxford. I shared on Twitter yesterday 
to give you some context, that's the same uh, week that uh, Molly Cyrus's Wrecking Ball was number one on the U.S. pop charts. So it's been a while. It's been a while. Like to keep it a while, and I, I think that you know this. If you were going to get Mississippi State, this is the year to do it. This was the year to get State, and a couple people did get us, but Ole Miss wasn't one of them. So let's uh, let's run through the game here real quick here. It's one of those things till you look at, and you begin to ask yourself, okay, with this team, are we beginning to see our best basketball from them? You know, we had a rough stretch there, kind of a forgettable stretch where we didn't play well. I, I really think the last two ball games, we have played much better. I think we have had the wake up call necessary to uh, to get ourselves into tournament condition. It's a different intensity now. It's going to be a much different ball game. We don't know who we're going to play. State won't play till Friday. But I think we are beginning to see State kind of pick it back up again. You know, it was the thing you, you see Steffi Sorensen, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, not just as a former player, but as a broadcaster. You know, she said herself here a few weeks ago, listen, I think people have got film on Mississippi State. People have kind of figured Mississippi State out. And when she said it, I didn't like it. But the more that I thought about it, I thought, you know what, maybe she's right here. Maybe people are kind of cracking the code a little bit with Mississippi State. I know Auburn has given State all kinds of trouble. Then Alabama comes in here and wins, and then you begin to think, okay, well, you know, maybe we got to do something different. And then we have done something different, and we've seen Matharu come on in Rakia Jackson's illness, and it has really given us hope, not just for next year, but to think, you know what, maybe she has matured to the point that she needs more minutes. Maybe she has become that deep threat that we have people now have to defend the, you know, the full expanses of the floor because we have lacked a consistent three-point shooting threat the last two years. That, that, that's, you want to know why we couldn't beat Oregon last year? That's why. We could not consistently shoot from the perimeter so people just kind of sagged inside on Tierra and on Riel Howard. And I'm not saying we can beat Oregon this year. I'm not saying that. But I'm telling you the fact that we can spread the floor a little bit better, that Matharu is that secret weapon, and Vic called her that. But all of a sudden, you begin to get her involved and get her some confidence, and you begin to think about not only does what does it mean for this postseason, what does it mean moving forward? Her taking over that two-spot, Jordan Danbury. And all of a sudden, you got Maya Taylor and Matharu and Rakia Jackson on the floor and Jessica Carter and Chloe Bibby. We'll see, you know. Had some transfers that'll be eligible next year too, you know. And so, as excited as I am about next year, I'm excited. Number one to, to win. I'm excited to beat Ole Miss. I'm excited to be the number two seed. I mean, remember, people were picking us to be the three, so we you know, we're not really overachieving. We're just kind of right where we expected to be, and ended up being a little bit better than than A and M. And A and M had some some injury issues with Kennedy Carter. We take full advantage. Now we're the two seed. So let's run through it a little bit. Yesterday, Jessica Carter. I, Again, I think we're beginning to see, I don't know that she will be the dominant player that Tierra McCowan was because of the ferocity with which Tierra McCowan played defense. I don't know that Jessica has that within her. I do think Jessica has that little mid-range game, that little 10-foot, 12-foot jumper. And so when you slide her out to the four some next year, I think she can be a real weapon out there. But four of six, made a free throw, pulled down four rebounds, uh, Nine total points. Also had an assist. But this is a game, too. It's a little different. 
uh, and at times it got sloppy, and at times we kind of played Ole Miss's basketball. You know, they, they kind of won an ugly game, kind of a grind it out, not really running sets, just everybody running around uh, type of offense. Rakia Jackson, still recovering from strep throat, plays 35, nearly 36 minutes, and she'll be good to go, guys. She'll be fine for the tournament. Three of seven, pulls down five, rebound nine points. And her rebounding continues to be a factor, continues to be a factor. You know, one of the things they include on the box scores now is kind of the plus or minus, you know, what the team's performance is when a player's on the, on the floor. Rakia Jackson, when she was out there yesterday, plus 32. Plus 32. And that's even with her only scoring nine points. She attracts so much attention. It's a different ballgame. Uh, Chloe Bibby pitched in 10 points yesterday, four rebounds. And I think at this point, especially for this year, and perhaps Chloe will be in better shape next year because she'll be a full year removed from the injury, okay? But I think, you know, if we can get her to be that complimentary third scorer, if somebody can get you double figures, get to the line, and help on rebounding, um, I think that's her role. You know, she's got to get better on the defensive side. And there are times that she does really well. and There are other times she gets lost. And I think some of that, is because she doesn't have that same lateral movement she had prior to the injury, and perhaps that will get better as she gets better. Maya Taylor, 30 minutes, just over 30 minutes. And, you know, she she rarely fills up the stat column, but I thought she was outstanding yesterday. Ten assists, one turnover, uh, and it seemed like she really stressed the Ole Miss guards. Ten points. Excuse me, five points, ten assists. But if we're going to get double-digit assists from her. She's going to have a 10-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. We're going to win those ball games. Jordan Danbury played nearly 29 minutes, 8 of 15 from the floor, perfect from the line, 7 rebounds, commits his 2 fouls, 18 points, 5 assists, and a turnover. Uh, that'll work right there as the two-guard, and she does run the point from time to time. And, uh, yeah, she's so good, you know, taking people off the bounce. She's going to get to the line, or she's going to get a layup, and a lot of times she's going to get the and one. Your leading scorer yesterday, Aliyah Mataru, 18 minutes, and she's always so efficient. It's like when they put her out there, she's instant offense. I think I've made this comparison before. It's like the Vinnie Johnson days, you know, the bad boys era, the Detroit, Detroit Pistons, instant offense. They called Vinnie the microwave. That's kind of how it is with her. When she comes in, the game changes. 8 of 12, 5 of 7 from the three-point line. 5 of 7. State was 5 of 8 from 3. She made all 5. And one of those misses went in and out. <laughs> 3 of 3 from the free throw line. 4 rebounds. Commits 3 fouls. And that's one of the things, too. And a lot of that is just, you know, kind of some, the exuberance of immaturity at times. And I don't say that to be critical. I say that there, there are times as a freshman, she gets caught reaching in a little bit. Because she, she's, she wants to make things happen. She's always going for the steals, picks up a couple steals. You know, she's just one of those players that she wants to be around the action. She wants to force the action. We've talked at length, you know, about how we need that perimeter score. We need that another element to our offense. And all of a sudden, you find it. I'm excited. And I know you guys are as well. And some people say, well, Steve, what about Andy Espinosa? Well, that's where a lot of those minutes are coming from. Andy had a big game against Arkansas. Would like to see her have a big game in a tournament. 
uh, and I'm excited about the tournament. I know you guys are as well. And I'm excited to see some of these younger players. You know, Zaria Wiggins is four minutes. Uh, Jemiah Mingo Young, uh, four minutes. Uh, Jayla Hemingway, former Gatorade Player of the Year from Tennessee. She played uh, nine minutes, 36 seconds. And, and again, she was out there uh, making things happen. I, I like the fact that everybody got some PT yesterday. It could The game could have been worse than it was. 84 to 59 is your final. Would like to congratulate the Ole Miss Lady Rebels on a perfect season of finishing the SEC schedule 0 and 16. They are the first team, I believe, since 07 to uh, to go winless in the SEC. Uh, the one that was closest to doing that was just a couple of years ago. That was Ole Miss. They went 1 and 15. And so it's been a rough stretch. And uh, it, it is not going to get any easier. That's one of the things that I, I read these folks that are just kind of casual observers of college women's college basketball. And they say, oh, well, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. Ole Miss is awful. And you, people would say, well, Steve, you're just saying that because you're a Mississippi State guy. No, no. They, they're awful. They are awful at women's basketball. They're awful at sports. They're not good at sports. But they're awful at women's basketball. And then I read the comments. I didn't go cover the game. But I read the comments, you know, Hey, we're going to expect a spicy rivalry. And listen, you're speak, she's speaking to our base. I think Coach Joe is a good coach, but she didn't have any players. I mean, that's the thing. When you look at this team this year, and, and listen, I'm sure these ladies played to the best of their abilities. They didn't sign themselves. They didn't coach themselves. They had, all they could do was go equip themselves the best they could with their own talents, and I, I'm sure that they gave their absolute best. This is an awful Ole Miss women's basketball team. Awful. I don't know how anybody could look at that and say, well, you know, they, you know, Steve, there's hope for next year. They went 0 and 16. 0 and 16. And they say, well, you know, they signed a top rated class in the SEC next year. And it's, it's great. So now you're going to play with a bunch of freshmen next year. That's cool, too. Rebels finished the year 7 and 22. 7 and 22. Mississippi State in a transition year, 25 and 5. 25 and 5. And so, you know, we're kind of beyond the point of comparing ourselves, you know, to Ole Miss because there is no longer any comparison. But I think it's interesting. Now, you know, when you're on the bottom, and it's just like when Dan Mullen got here, what did Dan Mullen do to try to galvanize the fan base? He talked trash about Ole Miss. That's the that's what you do, right? That's what you do if you're the new coach. You go in there and you try to uh, to, to to get some um, you know some currency built up within your fans. And so, well, we're going to have a spicy rivalry with Mississippi State. I'm sure that's what they want because that's the one thing. You, you if, if you're an Ole Miss person, and you look here and you see that you know. Mississippi State is uh, continuing to dominate the series and dominate the state. We're the measuring stick. One thing about Ole Miss, too, is they just had the one senior. You know, so they'll return this team that didn't win a single game in the SEC. You know, but maybe there's hope for some optimism to at least win a game next year. Looking at the uh, final SEC standings, 
and they are final. Then we'll look ahead to the tournament bracket here. Uh, of course, South Carolina wins the regular season tournament. I mean, pardon me, regular season title, 29 and one overall. South Carolina very easily could have had a uh, perfect record this year in the regular season. They won 23 games, and listen, they have listen. We went down there and played them pretty well, but South Carolina is better than everybody else in the SEC. One of the best teams in the country. There's no doubt about it. And as much as our fans despise Dawn Staley, she is one of the best women's coaches of all time. Not just right now, of all time. She is a great recruiter. She is a relentless coach. She's a great motivator. And listen, I enjoy beating her too. Not not because of the fact that I dislike her. I enjoy beating her because I have respect for her. Because I think State and South Carolina are easily the top two teams in the SEC and two of the best in the country. And so when we beat them, that means we're better than them for a year. And so it's a respect thing for me. But when I've been to look at the rest of this schedule, the rest of these standings, pardon me, uh, there are some very, very quality teams right here in the top half of the league that are capable of making a run in the tournament. Arkansas will be in, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Tennessee, LSU is probably in. Then you get down Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Auburn, and Ole Miss. All of them would need probably need to win the tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. So uh, Charlie Cream is the definitive expert when it comes to women's bas- basketball bracketology. He currently has uh, seven SEC teams in. That's the same seven we just mentioned. South Carolina, Mississippi State, Arkansas, A&M, Kentucky, Tennessee, LSU. South Carolina, a one seed in the Greenville, South Carolina Regional. How great is it for South Carolina to be able to play the SEC tournament in Greenville, South Carolina, then host the first two rounds of the tournament at Columbia, South Carolina, and then play a, a uh, Elite Eight and a regional final game right there in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, and maybe that's kind of repaying them back. They sent them out west for a couple of years. It would be nice to be able to have that privilege, for sure. It's all about tickets. And, and, and give South Carolina their credit. They're going to sell tickets. In that same bracket, they have Charlie has number six, Kentucky. Kentucky, and as a six, in the same bracket with uh, with South Carolina. Going down to the Midwest, you have two teams represented there in the latest projections. LSU is a nine. Tennessee is a ten. Uh, you could flip-flop either one of those. It's, it's essentially you know the same. But um, two down there in the Midwest. That's in the Fort Wayne, Indiana. Fort Wayne, Indiana region. We have one team in the Dallas region, and that's A&M. And I think A&M, with a healthy Kennedy Carter, can make a run at this thing. I don't know that they can win, make it to the Final Four, but I think they, as a five seed, I think they're a little bit underseeded. I think they will, as a five seed, they are going to beat somebody and end somebody's season prematurely. Mississippi State currently uh, is a three seed in Portland, and yes, that does mean we would head back out to Oregon and play Oregon in essentially a home game if we were able to get to a regional final. Don't think that happens. I think we would see them in an Elite Eight game. But bottom line is we would play a third-round game in their backyard. And then Arkansas also listed as an eight seed in that quadrant. So that's where it stands today. I don't think Mississippi State can play their way to the two line. Now, if you win the SEC tournament and then there are some upsets along the way, then perhaps, perhaps you could do that. But I think State needs a lot of help. Uh, again, State won't play until Friday. And so let's look at the tournament bracket here just so you guys can prepare. And again, I, I love SEC tournament play. 
doesn't matter if it's baseball, men's basketball, women's basketball. Love the tournament. I love being able to get up in the morning, turn TV on, and their sports. And their sports from the time that I get get all my work done, kind of get settled, and I can watch a game in the morning all the way to, to the night. I don't have to, to get up other than to uh, to use the restroom and grab something to eat. I can watch sports all day. And so we're going to have an opportunity on Thursday to do that. But before we get there, there's a couple of games on Wednesday. Wednesday, the first game of the day, that'll be 10 a.m., 10 a.m. Central. Auburn and Vanderbilt, that's a 12-13 ball game. At 12.30, you'll have Ole Miss and Missouri. Missouri won that game. And you don't need to go look it up. Just remember that Ole Miss is 0-16. But Missouri did win that game. They're 5-11. and Life and times without Sophie Cunningham, very difficult. They're in Columbia, Missouri. Second round games, this is when it gets fun. The, for Thursday and Friday, it's wall-to-wall. 11 a.m. game, number nine, Georgia, eight-seed Alabama. The one thirty game will be Arkansas versus the winner of the Auburn-Vanderbilt game. 5 p.m. game, Florida versus LSU. If that was a men's game, it'd be nip and tuck. LSU should win this one. And then the, the nightcap is Tennessee versus the Ole Miss-Missouri winner. Go ahead and pencil Missouri in there. Friday to quarterfinals, that's when the big dogs begin to play. So here's how it works out. We don't know, obviously, who's going to be where as far as some of those later games. But South Carolina will get the 11 a.m. slot. They will play the winner of the Georgia-Alabama game. Advantage South Carolina. The 130 game is Texas A&M versus the winner of the Arkansas-Auburn-Vanderbilt pod there. And then Mississippi State which is the game you guys care about. That's the 5 p.m. game on Friday. 5 p.m. Mississippi State will play the winner of the Florida-LSU game. I expect it to be LSU. And then Kentucky will have the nightcap. And, uh, again, that's the old Missouri-Tennessee pod there. And so that's kind of the schedule for the women. And, again, Mississippi State probably as good as anybody could have expected this year to be in the position that they are in a rebuilding-slash-transition year to finish the two seed in the SEC tournament and then on the three line of the NCAA tournament. So we'll have a chance to host the first two rounds right here and again in a year that uh, we lose a you know once-in-a-decade type player, Tierra McCowan. So we'll see how things go. But, uh, again, very excited about this tournament. I know you guys are as well, those of you that are making the trip. Uh, thanks for making it. And, and while, while we're talking about that, I don't want to lose track of this, and we're going to talk about baseball at the end of the show. But to you Bulldog fans that were out there at Long Beach State this weekend, thank you. On behalf of the rest of the Mississippi State family, thank you very much. I heard you. I know the team heard you. And it felt at times like it was a home game on Saturday. When we began to get going, I heard the Let's Go State chant. It was great. The fans were on their feet. Uh, I know a lot of people get up and say, oh, that, that broadcast is so Mickey Mouse. Listen, I'm sure that was a student. And uh, I thought he did a good job under the circumstances. It wasn't great TV angles, but grateful for the Big West to allow us to watch that game for free. But for you fans that went out there, thank you. On behalf of the Mississippi State family, thank you for going and cheering in person for our Diamond Dogs. Wish we would have had a better weekend, but thank you for going and doing your part. 
Reminders, guys, I have made the transition to Hawthorne. Love Hawthorne.co. You need to go check them out yourself. Visit them right now. As soon as the show is over, go ahead and, you know, if you want to pause the show and go look them up now, I'm okay with that. It's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. Manly fragrances for real men. Okay, simple as that. You're going to love the products. I am overwhelmingly impressed with everything from the quiz, from the customer service, from the packaging to the quality of products. Because here's the thing. People can be nice and they can send you a cute box. But when you open the package, if it's not what you need, it's not what you need. Hawthorne.co is what you need. There is a quiz in there you can go take and you can find out for yourself which colognes, which scents kind of match your preferences best. Because there's no easy guide into buying cologne. You just kind of buy what everybody else buys. Hey, what does he got? Oh, I don't know. Saw an ad for this, you know. And most of us are walking around wearing, wearing cologne that probably doesn't even, you know, mix well with our own chemistry. So let me encourage you, go take the quiz. Again, that's hawthorne.co. Take the quiz, get matched up with the fragrances that best fit you and your preferences. I love everything that I've got from them. Uh, you know, the cologne is, to me, is, is the highlight. But I love it all. You can get the body wash. You can get shampoo, conditioner. You get deodorant. Get the face wash. You can get it all. You can get everything you need to look good and smell good. Again, that's hotborn.co. Promo code Boneyard for Boneyard listeners only. That'll save you 10% off that first order. And what that'll do, too, you can set up replenishing shipments. And I'm telling you, once you try this, these colognes, once you try these hair care products, you're going to want to continue to get them. You can set up replenishing shipments. Or you can just order them as needed. Again, that's hotborn.co, promo code Boneyard. Let's get into men's basketball before we get into baseball. Uh, Mississippi State wins another game that they had to win because they're all must-wins for us at this point. I'm not going to sit here and belabor the point and talk about how we've missed so many opportunities because we can't go back and fix that. That dog milk is spilt now. Now i got to cry over it. But Ben Howard and the group went and did a great job to win at Missouri, a team that won three in a row on the road, and we go and win a ball game we had to have. And I believe, and I agree with what Andy Kennedy said on the SEC Network, I believe you see a real sense of urgency with Mississippi State right now because they realize the finish line is inside. The problem is we don't control our own destiny at this point. We don't. But we did uh, take care of what was in front of us on Saturday, and so let's run some of that down if we can here. I think it's important that uh, all of our fans understand, you know, we, we expect at this point to be back in NCAA tournament regularly. Uh, and it's one of those things that people say, well, you know, Steve, we only, we've been once in a decade. We used to go regularly. And that should be the expectation. And, and, and to be honest with you, if you don't make an NCAA tournament, you basically have a losing season. That, that, and I don't care what the record shows. But that's the reality. If you don't make the big dance, the season's a failure. And maybe I'm being harsh there. Maybe I expect too much. But that's how I feel. You have to make the tournament. Mississippi State now 19-10, and 10-6 and 6 in the conference. If we win the last two, if you're 21-10 and 10 and 12-6 and 6 in the conference, and right now State currently fourth, the fourth seed in the tournament, I think it's going to be difficult to keep us out, but there are some some factors out there that make it far from a sure thing. Let's talk about the game, then we'll talk about where we stand. So the Missouri team, you recall, we beat them 72-45 down here. We're not a good matchup for them just because of the fact that we're 
We're very good down low. We have a lot of length. We can rebound. They hit some big shots from three because they knew, hey, you're going to have to run the offense from the outside in. They took advantage, made some big threes, stayed in the ballgame as a result of it. Wasn't able to do much at all down low. That's really the bigger issue, isn't it? Um, you know, State hangs in here, bangs around pretty good. But we were efficient. So let's run through here. Let Reggie Perry, 12 points, 6 rebounds. Nick Weatherspoon with 12 and 2. DJ Stewart, 8 and 3. Robert Woodard, 7 and 5. Abdul Adu, 6 and 7. And they were all big. Tyson Carter again, 15 and 3. 15 points, your leading scorer uh, for Mississippi State. Tyson. When we isolate him, when they spread the floor and give him a chance to beat somebody off the dribble, uh, it's been very difficult for the team to stop him. Iverson Molinar, five points, and pulls down a rebound. Keyshawn Fazell in, gives you a couple minutes to spell there. But uh, one of those deals where it just it felt like State was the better team, you know, and uh, having a chance to listen to the ball game on the way home, it felt like every time Missouri made a run, State would answer. State found a way to answer, and that's what good teams do. I, I don't think Missouri is a great team by any stretch of imagination, but they've been playing better. Currently 14 and 15, 6 and 10 in the SEC. But any time that you win on the road in this league is big, no matter where it is. It's difficult to go win on the road in the Southeastern Conference. State did a good job with uh, Tyson and Carter again, but uh, we, we talk about those three-pointers. You know, Mizzou, it seemed like they were timely, but 6 of 29. 6 of 29. And you get a lot of those long rebounds as a result of that. It makes it a little bit of an adventure. So where do we stand? Well, in the SEC standings, as I mentioned, Mississippi State currently 10-6, and 6, tied with Florida, but holds the tiebreaker because we beat Florida in Gainesville. So if the tournament started today, Mississippi State would be the four seed. State can kind of controls their own destiny to be the four seed because the state has a, a couple of winnable games in front of them. Actually, one game out of second place. How crazy is that? Auburn LSU both tied eleven and five right there. One game out of second place, and so you know state's got a pretty favorable schedule here. You find a way to win these last two, and maybe. Just maybe somebody else trips up and you can uh, move up another spot, get a little better seating in the tournament. But uh, I have read with great interest, a lot of people have said, well, you know, if State's in the top four in the standings, it's going to be hard to keep them out. But the problem with that is, is that the SEC standings don't mean a whole lot. Mississippi State might actually benefit, as I mentioned on Friday, from actually being the five seed and having an opportunity to play a day earlier having a chance to play, because I think every win is crucial for Mississippi State at this point. But the way this crazy net thing is working, you almost look at it and say, you know, you know, it seems like the wins don't really help State, but the losses always seem to hurt in a major way. And so the good thing is, is if you do win a game in the tournament, chances are it's going to be against a team with a quality net. At least that's the hope. Let's look into this a little deeper here. Let's look at the net. State currently 52. 52. 
Ben Howland has said before that he, he would feel most comfortable if we're in the, the upper 40s. I mean, I'm sure that you know, the higher, the better. But, uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying, the lower, the better. Uh, but the SEC is a conference, not really, not really uh, thought highly of by the net. And I, and I tweeted this out, too. I don't understand. And, you know, again, I don't plan, claim to be a mathematician, but the whole thing about the net was supposed to uh, – to kind of remove the RPI and make it a little uh, a little less objective, I guess. But uh, Duke has lost three of the last four to unranked opponents, but they're still number six in the net. I mean, I, how can that be? It makes no sense because the net says, you know, you're supposed to win the games you're supposed to win, and, and you're penalized when you lose games you're not expected to lose. So was Duke expected to lose? three out of four games to unranked opponents? I think not. So it, it you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a riddle within itself, but the bottom line is Mississippi state has no one to blame but themselves for where they are right now. Looking at the net, there are four teams right now that are actually projected in the NCAA tournament field by Joe Lenardi. And listen, I know Joe is not the be-all, end-all, but Joe is a lot more accurate than most. You don't get to, to keep that job at ESPN without knowing what you're talking about. It's not like in the days of infant, the infancy of Twitter when Joe Shad was the only guy on Twitter and he would just repeat what the uh, media relations uh, reports said and everybody thought he was well-connected. Joe Lenardi is a guy that understands the brackets rules. And last year, if I'm not mistaken, he had picked every at-large team but one correctly. Everyone but one correctly. And so I think yeah, it, it'd, be, it'd be ridiculous to ignore what he projects, and I, again, I understand he's not on a selection committee, so he, he's not above being wrong, but I think he has a better grasp on this than most people, and I don't think that he has a rooting interest. But he currently has Auburn, LSU, Florida, and Kentucky in the tournament, just four teams from the SEC in the tournament. And then Mississippi State has, is kind of consistent across the board as the fifth team. Florida, of course, tied with Mississippi State. Now, they could drop a game here or two, and that could change some things. But, uh, you know, their net at Florida is 33. And so while State certainly doesn't want to be behind Florida, you know, Florida actually is one of State's biggest wins, if not the biggest win of the year. And so it's kind of one of those, uh, you know, one of those interesting paradigms where you want to get ahead of Florida, but you need Florida because if Florida begins to tumble, then all of a sudden the quality of that wind does as well, and then your, your net is affected negatively. And that's a game people didn't expect Mississippi State to win. So according to the net, we're supposed to benefit from that. Florida got a couple of games left like everybody else. They'll play at Georgia, and then they'll host Kentucky. So chances are they're going to lose to Kentucky. Chances are they're going to beat Georgia. So State should feel pretty confident about where they stand in the SEC standings heading into the tournament, but it's looking more and more like State's going to need to win it, win out and then win a game in the tournament. Kentucky currently 14 net, LSU a 32 net, and how big would that win have been for us if we had, you know, make a defensive play there at the end, and Auburn, of course, a 28 net. When you look at the four teams that are projected into the tournament, Mississippi State's got one win against them. Got a loss at Kentucky, got a couple losses to Auburn. 
and the loss against LSU. So when I begin to kind of look at all this, and again, I'm not a bracketologist, there are a lot of people out there that uh, would love to be in the position Mississippi State's in where they're still alive. But Mississippi State likely needs three more wins. Arkansas, who Mississippi State has swept this year, home and away, as you guys are well aware, Arkansas, not a great team. They're 18-11, though. One game behind Mississippi State, but in the net, they're 47. So they're five spots ahead of Mississippi State. So despite the fact that Mississippi State has beaten them twice, based on the net, Arkansas is more likely to get a tournament berth than Mississippi State. And again, and again, there's more basketball to be played, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And these people say, well, you know, Steve, look at the, the, the full expanse of the season. Okay, well, Mississippi State's got a better overall record, a better conference record, and have beaten them head-to-head twice. To me, that makes the most sense. I mean, you, you sit down, if you're an incident with tournament selection committee member and say, if, if I'm choosing between these two teams, to me, there's no comparison. But if we bank it just on the net itself, favors Arkansas. They'll host LSU, and then they'll close out the season on the road at A&M. And again, they're not projected in the field. They're just ahead of Mississippi State in the net. So a couple losses wouldn't hurt my feelings. Not to mention it would make Twitter even more fun. Alabama, a team that split with Mississippi State, currently 42 in the net. And they're 16 and 13. So they're actually three games behind Mississippi State in the overall record. And then when you look at the uh, you know look at the conference standings again, it's one of those things you look at, you kind of scratch your head a little bit and say, okay, well, wait a minute. They're eight and eight. So state's two games better than them in the conference schedule, three games better overall, but they're behind in the net. And they split the regular season matchups. Both teams winning on their home floor. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But if the NCAA tournament started today, based on the net, you could make the argument that Alabama would deserve to get another Mississippi State, and which makes, again, it's perplexing to me. South Carolina, we got a road game with them coming up. South Carolina, 9-7 and seven in the conference, 17-12 and 12 overall. State better in both matrix. State owns a win over them. State needs to get that W, but here's the problem. South Carolina's net rankings behind State, 65. I believe it was Frank Martin said a couple days ago that they played Tennessee and beat Tennessee, and both of them's net ranking went down. How does winning, you know, it's like, how does winning hurt you? It's like both teams had the same impact. You know, one wins, one loses, and they both drop a couple spots in the net. You know, I'm no mathematician. But uh, it's one of those things I look at and I kind of scratch my head about. You know, I just wonder how much impact they're going to put on the net. Because to me, when you look at Mississippi State's resume against some of these teams, you know, granted I'm biased, but Steve uh, can read standings. I can read a box score. I may not be able to understand your algorithm, but I can understand the eye test. And I know this. I know Mississippi State and Arkansas 
if those two teams are uh, being compared, there is no comparison. But yet, the net computer has them ahead. You can make the same comparison for Alabama. Alabama actually has a worse overall record and a worse, uh, you know, team head-to-head, especially with the fact that John Petty Jr. is injured. He didn't play Saturday. So how does that factor in? There's a lot of things that go along with this. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's not as simple as Mississippi State winning out anymore, unless you're going to go into tournament two. If we dug ourselves a hole, we're trying to dig ourselves out. All we can do is keep digging and hopefully we get some help along the way. I remind you, too, Campus Book Mart, a startable institution. Stan and Man, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there will treat you like family because you are family. It's as simple as that. Many of you as commuters used or continue to use their free parking lot right there behind Campus Book Mart. You don't need, you don't need a pass or somebody out there to check anything. You just come park. And go in there and buy all your school supplies. Go in and come in. Come in things you need. Mom, I'm going to go ahead and speak on behalf of Dad and the rest of the family. We all want new maroon and white merchandise so we can look fresh. But we're on campus and around town representing Mississippi State. is our favorite team. We would love to have those gifts that are not associated with the holiday. It's nice just to every so often say, hey, I got you, got you a little happy here. got you a gift just because I was thinking about you. thought you might like this. Go by Campus Bookmark, check them out, see them in face, and in, in face-to-face in person, pardon me. I don't know if they'd want you in their face. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmark.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we're going to give you a phrase that pays. And I have people that message me every single day wanting the code, even though I give it on the show all the time. It's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and that should be the easiest thing to remember outside of your name. BSR. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. And I saw a couple people buying some hoodies over the weekend using that promo code. And you know what? It works. I think I saw the shipping was like seven bucks and it was waived. How cool is that? Now you can get you a cup of coffee at Strange Brew. That's what we do. Campus Bookmark. Love those folks. So let's talk a little baseball. I am not one of the doom and gloom folks when it comes to Mississippi State baseball because I have a lot of confidence in Tanner Allen, Justin Foskey, Jordan Westberg, Christian McLeod, Rowdy Jordan. We're going to get it going. Okay, and and the worry was pitching. And I don't think pitching's cost us a game yet. We're not hitting the baseball, but we will. Jake Gotro did not forget how to coach. Chris Simonis didn't forget how to coach. We've had a rough start to the season offensively. We'll get it going. I'm not Pollyannish about that, but I, I, I believe when you've got a roster filled with guys who have multiple trips to Omaha, Nebraska, they know what it takes to win ball games. They will get it going. Long Beach State proved to be a little bit better than we expected. That said, we should have won the ball game yesterday. Thought we thought we blew it. Really did. Defense let us down a little bit, but more importantly, offensively, we're not where we need to be. We're not. Let's run down a couple numbers here, too, because I think it's important. I'm going to look at year-to-date numbers, okay, because we've got a big enough sample size now after 11 games to kind of figure, okay, this is where we are. Justin Foscue currently leads a team at 378. That's a surprise to me. That's a surprise to me when you've got a power guy out there that's going to be 
free swinging a lot. He's hitting 378. Eight runs, 14 hits, got three doubles, two home runs, 14 RBI. That's more than uh, any two other players combined on the Mississippi State roster. Very efficient early on. Thought he hit the baseball well at Long Beach. Had a couple balls that uh, they had to make tremendous defensive plays on around the wall. Foscue's getting it going. Rowdy hitting 318. Had four hits on Saturday, a four for five day. Take that from a leadoff guy every single day, won't we? Scored 12 runs, 14 hits, got a double, no home runs, five RBI. Rowdy will get going. You know, Rowdy has been historically a very slow starter. And this might be the fastest start of his career. <laughs> and But you know what happens when we get into SEC play and we get later in the year, Rowdy becomes a very difficult out. He's a tough guy to get out. Rowdy will be fine. Jordan Westberg hitting 308. Had a, had a good midweek game against Alcorn. Jordan is a guy, too. I think the book is out on him that he has a tough time recognizing spin because it seems like he takes some real, real aggressive hacks and breaking balls down. And we don't make a lot of contact. You better not, you know, if, you, if you make a mistake with a fastball, he'll make you pay. But we're not quite there. But he did a good job of getting on base last week. Actually got a 440 on base average right now. Second on the team behind Justin Foscue. But Westy will get it going. And he was the guy last year to kind of slump and then got it going late. But Westy's a guy that swings the bat exceptionally well. We'll, we'll get him going. Got a dozen hits, three doubles, a home run, five RBI. Scored a team high, 13 runs. He's contributing. Got to get those strikeout numbers down. He and Rowdy both have 11 Ks between them. That's a lot of Ks at the top of the order. And that was one of the things that I wondered about with uh, moving Westberg to the two-hole. He kind of has a three-hole hitter's mentality hitting in the two-hole. And I know you like to have that speed at the top of the order. Because you get him and Rowdy on and Foscue hits one in the gap, it doesn't matter where they are. There's a good chance both those guys are going to score. So I get that. But I think with Westberg's high strikeout numbers, he's a tough guy to hit and run with. He's a tough guy to bunt with. And you say, well, Steve, I don't know that I want him bunting. Well, then don't have him hitting too hard. Because there are going to be times when the leadoff guy gets on, we're going to need to move a runner there rather than play for a beginning. And so, again, I'm not, you know, Far be it for me to second guess. I just don't know that Jordan Westbrook has the two-hole hitter makeup. The fourth highest average is actually a freshman. He actually had a pretty good weekend. Cameron James hitting 263. Had a couple of RBIs yesterday. Got 10 hits on the season. I, I'm still bullish on Cameron James. I know he's made a couple of errors. Made a really big one uh, yesterday. But uh, he is one of those guys, too, that I still believe will be the, the face of this program moving forward. I think he'll be the guy on the media guide here in two years. He's had some ups and downs, but you're going to expect that with a freshman. Hitting 263, that'll continue to climb. Josh Hatcher struggling a little bit right now, hitting 205. Thought he hit it some absolute lasers, kind of had some tough luck over the weekend. Brandon Pimentel hitting a buck 67. Had a huge fall for us. And uh, Mike Nemeth and I have this, this discussion all the time. You know, I think maybe perhaps we're asking a little bit too, too much of Pimentel this early. I mean, it's a big adjustment from going from junior college ball to play in the Power Five. 
Mike says he hit the baseball so well in the fall and so well in the early spring, it's just a matter of time before he gets going. And he thinks he should just stay in lineup, let him get going, take his hacks, let him figure it out. And maybe he's right. But I do know this. When he does barrel up a baseball, you know it. No question about it. Logan Tanner, another one of our talented freshmen, hitting 276 right now. Threw out another runner from his knees. Kid can really play. Tanner Allen, we'll find out a little bit later what's going on with the redive. Try to make a dive and catch out there. Ends up being a triple. Ends up being a big play. Probably should take that ball on the hop and hold the guy, but we didn't. It is what it is. Tanner hitting 240. Late in that game, started seven. Tanner Allen will get going. Of all the guys on the on the on the team, he's probably the one I worry the least about. Yeah, he's kind of tough in a lefty lefty matchup, but Tanner Allen's a guy that's a pure hitter. Think will be okay. Had a couple Bulldogs make their Bulldog debuts over the weekend. Hunter French and Mason Land. We've heard so much about Mason Land. Neither especially impressive in their opening debuts, both strikeout, but uh, again, some younger guys that we're excited about in the long term. Let's talk a little pitching here. I, I thought Carlisle Kessler pitched well enough to win on Friday and uh, really went deep into a ball game and saved some arms for the rest of the weekend. Turns out we didn't need many of them on Saturday. Christian McLeod now 3-0 with a 1.20 ERA. He is your future Friday night guy. I've been hearing for two years he's a first-rounder. He has met those expectations so far. 15 innings pitched, just seven hits allowed, and allowed just two runs, both earned. 23 strikeouts against five walks. Has not allowed a triple or a home run. Opponents are hitting a buck 37 against him. Eric Sarantola, I thought, again, pitched well enough to win yesterday, but when, when they got to him, they got to him. We couldn't get him out soon enough. Eric Sarantola, an ERA of 1.93, one one record. 14 innings pitch, allowed 13 hits. A lot of them came yesterday. He's allowed three earned runs on the year. The issue with him is walks. He's walked 10 hitters. And a lot of that, too, is I think is just not trusting his stuff. That will come around. But uh, he's a guy that control has continues to be an issue with. Spencer Price quietly having a big year. And uh, there were times, of course, I did not expect him to come back to anything close to what he had as a sophomore. But in four appearance, four appearances, he has allowed one hit, one walk, no runs, struck out six. Pretty dominant. Will Bednar, freshman, he has pitched 10 innings in his Bulldog career so far, and nine of them were scoreless. He has pitched more innings than anybody else in the Mississippi State bullpen. I like him paired up with Christian McLeod. It's a pretty good combination there. 1.80 ERA, and remember, all those runs came in one inning. Give up two runs in one inning. 15 strikeouts against four walks, and he commands the mound like a veteran. Really like this kid. Landon Sims, kind of in feast or famine with him. He's uh, made the most appearances of anybody in the bullpen. He and Jackson Forrester both five, five appearances. Landon Sims been a little bit up and down. 12, 12 Ks, five walks. Was giving up a double and a home run. Give up that home run yesterday. So I am not ready to throw the bulldog baby out with the bathwater. Yes, it stings, and we dropped from the poles, and we were probably a little bit high to begin with. 
because we've been to Omaha back-to-back years and offensively. We had some question marks, and that's the thing that I think when you look at you say, well, you know, Steve, we worried about this, and now the guys aren't hitting, but, but you've got a proven lineup. It's just a matter of time. It's just like Novocaine, right? Just give it time, it'll work. Just give it a little time. Very consistent over time. We will get it going. And I think I'm optimistic about our pitching staff, especially our bullpen. And that was the thing that I was most concerned about. I thought weekend pitching-wise, we would be good enough. Then you lose JT again for an extended amount of time, and you begin to wonder, okay, how good can we be? But then when you have guys like Bednar step up and Jackson Forrester, you begin to think, okay, maybe we can figure this thing out. So we'll see. But I'm not ready to panic. I know we're 18th in the D1 baseball polls today, but here's the thing. As John Cohen told me way back in 1989 when he was a junior at Mississippi State, the only poll that counts is the last one, and that's the one that we want to be number one in. That's the one. So we're back on Wednesday, and let me go ahead and advise you guys of a couple things, a couple programming notes, okay? i got to figure some things out for Wednesday. Tuesday, I will be in Destin, Florida, Tuesday evening, for a book signing and social with the Mississippi State Alumni Association. Let me give you the details on that right now if I have not done that. That is Tuesday, March the 3rd, 6 to 8-ish, with the Northwest Florida Alumni Chapter at the Hogs Breast Saloon at 541 U.S. 98 West in Destin, Florida. That's tomorrow night. And so tomorrow is a travel day, which makes Wednesday a travel day. I don't know what time that I will be back, and I might end up going to the Southern Miss Mississippi State game in Pearl Wednesday night. If I make it back in time, that's the plan. I would like to go down and cover the ball game with Mike Nemeth. In the event that I do that, and I will let you know, the Boneyard will air on. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thursday. If I elect not to go, let's say I get back to start, well, maybe there's you know, something that comes up or whatever. I'll go ahead and shoot you guys a Wednesday afternoon boneyard. So either you will have a Wednesday afternoon or a Thursday morning boneyard. You're going to get three shows this week. And we're back on Friday. But I want to let you guys be aware of that. And uh, for those of you that are also, too, that are, uh, that are wondering, I will be at TJ Ribs on Saturday of the LSU baseball weekend. I'll get more details as we get closer. And then they're in the process of finalizing a Huntsville date, I believe, later this month. And so we'll get out and sell some books. If you can't make it to a book signing, please visit StarkVillainsTheBook.com and order yours today. Uh, they'll, they'll get with me. I go sign books once or twice a week and uh, sign and personalize those however you'd like them. You know, I know that uh, a lot of you spring brides are looking for uh, gifts for your husbands for anniversary and then Mother's Day is coming up and Father's Day is coming up. What better than give the gift of knowledge about your favorite team? That is the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And if you're looking for a Stark Villains shirt, you can find that at StarkVillains.com. StarkVillains.com. So get the book at StarkVillainsTheBook.com. Get your shirts and hoodies and everything else at startvillains.com. Look forward to being back with you guys very, very soon. And for all of you that I'll see in Destin, I'm really excited to get down there. I, I, I would love some warmer weather. 
and I love the atmosphere of the beach. It's uh, so wonderful to have an opportunity to, to be able to take the show on the road. So looking forward to uh, to getting down there and seeing you all. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live.